you can start worrying and not know why, but there's so many things you could worry about that you just start pinpointing certain things in your life. Like, oh, that made me worry or that made me worry. But you don't necessarily think it's because I've already damaged those organs. And now that is how my body is trying to show me the areas that I need to heal. Welcome to the Emotional Compass. This is Bodhi. And Abiel. So today we have a special guest, and it's your wife, uh, Dr. Brooke Higgins. Uh, She's a licensed and board-certified primary care physician specializing as an acupuncture physician. And she practices the practical effectiveness of this ancient art of science and healing. Dr. Brooke Higgins, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your knowledge about traditional Chinese medicine. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I had to travel really far to be here with Abiel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess my first question is, why did you choose traditional Chinese medicine? I love this question, and I, it chokes me up when I start talking about it. But when I was younger, I had some health challenges of my own, and I saw cardiologists, neurologists, had CT scans, MRIs, you name it, I had it, and nothing was able to give me uh, relief or acknowledge what was going on. They wanted to prescribe uh some medication, but they weren't sure what it was. And so luckily my, my family didn't put me on the experimental medication. And some of the physicians said that as you get older, you'll grow out of it. And with that confidence, I, as I got older, unfortunately things became worse. And when one of the times that I fell and I had a seizure, it was in the shower and I hit my head and my back and it, uh, it hurt my back so bad. I wasn't able to get out of bed. And my parents took me to a doctor of oriental medicine. And within the very first treatment, I, uh, I felt all these really cool sensations go on in my body and I got off, off the table and my back felt better. I was so impressed that I ran out and I told my family at the same time, I didn't realize, but the challenges that I was having, they, which was one of them was severe syncope when I would stand up and dizziness. And when I left that office that day, I didn't have it when I got off the table. And with that understanding, I went back and I asked the, the doctor of oriental medicine, if she was able to help me with, with my childhood challenges. And she said, absolutely. I had uh, many sessions with her over a course of a year with herbs as well. And at the end of the year, I never had another seizure. I never was dizzy or vertigo. I never had the syncope. I never had this uh, tunnel vision. And I always knew I wanted to be a doctor to figure out what was going on with my body. With that one instance, I knew exactly what kind of doctor I wanted to be. And um, that's where I'm at now. Wow, that's fascinating. I mean, it's fascinating to hear that this is basically your personal journey that led you to this calling and now to serve so many people and practice this art and science. I say art and science because uh, from what I've read, of course, I'm not an expert, you are. So I want to hear more about the the basics, the, the fundamentals, because I know there's it 
follows with chi and it also follows with the five elements. Yes, absolutely. You're you're spot on, and you are an expert because what Chinese medicine is about is about understanding our bodies, and we don't give ourselves enough credit for how much knowledge we have with our own body. We give it up for you know the healthcare provider, which is great because they do know a ton. At the same time, we know our bodies best, and it's about listening to those instincts. And with Chinese medicine, it's about collecting the environment that's going on around you and recognizing that the environment has a lot to do with the internal challenges and the as well as our mental and emotional challenges affect our system too. So can you explain a little bit about how chi plays a part and how the five elements play a part? Yes, absolutely. So with the five elements, they it's all the elements of what is going on around us. We have wood and water, fire, metal, and air. And all of those particular elements have a correlation to our organ system. And then the organ system also has a correlation to our emotions or the emotions have a correlation to the organs. And I am just a side note here. I am just so impressed with you two doing your podcast on a regular basis on emotions because it is in Chinese medicine so needed because of how much they affect us mentally and physically. And you all, you both break it down so well for everybody to understand. And you share all the knowledge of everybody else that you have come in contact with to also break down this this large subject. And I just want to applaud you both. So thank you for doing these podcasts. Thank you. Thank you so much. And if you just heard that, go rate, review and subscribe right now. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) If anything, I want to say that part of the reason why I'm doing this with you, Bodhi, is because of Brooke and the understanding that I've gotten over the years in regards to how emotions play a part. Not only that is the journey that we both embarked together in regards to spirituality, self-development, self-knowledge, and wisdom. It's been part of part of what bonded us together from the beginning. And this is just an extension of the love that we've been cultivating. So if it weren't for my wife, I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> oh. Best husband ever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, after that love fest, maybe we can get back to the topic. On that. <laughs> so you were talking about how the five elements are interconnected and and the role of emotions, because it's funny, like the Western medicine completely discounts that like. And we're seeing this more and more, especially with COVID and people being isolated and people getting depressed. Uh, you go to the, a Western doctor and he'll just prescribe you a pill and not even talk about like, hey, wh- how is your emotional well-being? Like, are you completely isolated? Are you with friends, family? Like, what's going on in your home, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think there is a wonderful place for Western medicine and a wonderful place for Eastern medicine. And uh, with Western medicine, there is 
an understanding that if whatever the technology we have at hand, whatever it says is the is the truth, is the research behind it. So we're limited to what technology is out uh, or test or research is out. With Eastern medicine, we're limited to the translation of, of this 2,000-year-old text. And so it what I have noticed within practice is that the education I had in, in traditional Chinese medicine, it seemed really simple and, and precise when I was at school. But when you get out, you recognize how the translation is slightly off and how there's a bigger, broader picture. So you're limited to the translation of who's translating that text. So they both have a limitation, but they also both have an extreme beauty that if you can integrate the, the two of them, it's true wellness because you have both the research of the physical body and then you have the emotional body, the environmental aspects that relate to our health and we have the mental aspects as well. So if someone comes to you like, I'm guessing doing acupuncture and herbal treatment is part of the regimen, but then what do you do for the emotional parts of it? Great question. The emotional part for the emotional compass podcast, let's talk about it. So we have the, the organs. And so if the, a particular organ is depleted, it can transfer to having more of that emotional symptom. Or if you have a particular emotion, it can hinder the organ. So it's not always our emotions affecting our organs. Sometimes it's the organs actually affecting the emotions. For example, with grief in the lungs, especially right now during COVID, everything is, it, there's a lot to take in in the world and it can be sad. And we close off our lungs. We're not taking deep breaths in. In Chinese medicine, breathing is breathing in life, is breathing in chi, is breathing in this beautiful life force. And we're closing ourselves off and we're lowering the immune system. And, and I know that's challenging, but the best thing you can do right now for your health is keeping yourself open, keeping those shoulders back, taking those deep breaths in and it, it makes sense to me because when you're sad, you're not breathing in life. You're not thinking about the beauty and the abundance you have that's all around you, the blessings that you have. So that's just one example of how emotions right now can be affecting your immune system and your overall well-being. That's fascinating. And I know you built a chart for us, uh, which we mm -hmm. are going to share with the audience. But do you, should we walk through some of the other pairings of, uh, you know, organs and emotions? Like, for example, the heart is related to joy. And, mm -hmm. and I, I was wondering about that. Like, how, is, how are those two connected? Like, I don't get it. And so with joy, joy is expansive. You expand when you think of joy. And in Western medicine, how that translates is the blood vessels expand, the arteries expand. Uh, it allows chi to flow slower because they don't have that force um, when the think when the vessels are expanded. It uh, is very expansive. Where, for example, example the liver, 
the liver works with the organ. I mean, works with the uh, emotion of anger and anger is stagnant. And not only is liver affected with anger, the liver and the heart are affected by all emotions in Chinese medicine. In traditional Chinese medicine, all emotions affect the liver in some shape or form. And with the heart, because the heart is your consciousness, the heart is your soul in Chinese medicine, when you have to be alive to feel emotion. So your heart is always affected because without your consciousness, you can't, you can't experience these emotions in general. But going back to the liver, the liver typically rises with anger. And what that means is like, have you ever seen somebody who gets really angry and their face gets real red? All that liver chi yeah. rises. Yep. Wow. Okay. And so, and so think about all this stuff. If you're, if you're constantly angry and affecting the liver, and if that liver energy rises and stagnates, think what that does to the brain. Think what that does to the blood vessels. Think what, think of what that does to the health of your system. So basically what you're saying is that when we get angry or we're constantly getting angry, we're having a negative effect on our liver. That that yes. emotion is having a negative effect on the liver and vice versa, right? Like if the liver is not functioning properly, that person could be a very angry person. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. That's exactly it. That's, or, that's, that's, a yeah. Yes. Or, or even the angry drunk. That's exactly it. Yeah. The more you, you, the more you damage your liver, the more propensity you have towards anger. Yeah. I, I didn't want to go there, but that's a really good point, Abiel, because there are a lot of people that are alcoholics that also have a lot of anger and resentment. And yeah, I mean, that's a whole different topic, right? But yeah, that's a really important point. But that's what I love about tra uh, traditional Chinese medicine is that we start seeing the cause and effect and how they both relate to one another. So instead of us saying that because he drinks, he's angry, you could say because he drinks, he's affected his liver. So now anger is a byproduct of that. And for instance, one of the other ones that I was very fascinated with is um, worry, which is also stomach. So when people worry too much, what happens to them? You know, they get ulcers. So that's one thing that I was like, talk to Brooke. Are you kidding me? That, that makes perfect sense how people would be worried too much and now they're developing ulcers. Would you like to expand on that? Yes, absolutely. So worry not, worry not the organs, particularly the spleen and the stomach um, and the pancreas and even some of the lung. Uh, worry really works well with the stomach, but it, it kind of correlates with a bunch of other ones too, but it's nodding in nature. So if joy is expansive and you, and you think of, to, to, to have a correlation, to have a resolution for a particular challenge at hand. If you know, you need to be more expansive in anything that goes on in the body, you need to be more joyful. If you need things to stagnate or to give you energy, uh, or to make things rise to the face, maybe you do need a little anger because in traditional Chinese medicine, there is nothing good, bad, or indifferent. And this is really nice because that's how, that's how spirit looks at it too. There's, there's all the organs, all the emotions we need. There's not one or there's nothing that is in a 
hierarchy above the other. So we can utilize all of this and with, with worry and not being created, like Abigail said, you can get, you can get sick to your stomach when you're worrying too much. And if you are eating poorly, that is affecting your stomach, or you are having too much sugar affecting the, the spleen and the pancreas, then you can naturally have a propensity for worry. You can start worrying and not know why, but there's so many things you could worry about that, that you just start pinpointing certain, certain things in your life. Like, Oh, that made me worry or that made me worry, but you don't necessarily think it's because I've already damaged those organs. And now that is how my body is trying to show me the areas that I need to heal. So I really like how you're tackling this energetically you know, going from fear into anger is a beautiful way to move up and eventually move into to joy. And one of the things that always fascinated me was that all these symptoms that we are creating um, could move energetically if you have joy in your heart. It'll open it up and almost like dissolve it. Is that right? Like bringing light into the darkness? It's expanding. So yes, you could absolutely look at it as bringing light into uh, an imbalanced, heavy, stagnant area. Um, Another thing is with fear. So if the liver makes things rise, typically fear makes things descend. And when you have a scary dream, when you're a kid, Typically, they they wet the bed because you're descending that chi. So, um, if you if any of your listeners are ever worried about having challenges with their bladder or um, uh, creating incontinence at night, um, think about or think about journaling all the things that you're fearful of and um, acknowledge it and allow it to release, knowing that. Um, you're not alone and we're all here together with the organs themselves. There are five, there's five main emotions and five organs associated to them. Now we have many more organs with the organs themselves. There's five main emotions and the organs associated to them. There's, there's five main organs, but with that, each of those organs have an associated paired organ. So the liver and the gallbladder the kidney and the urinary bladder, the stomach and large intestine, the spleen and the pancreas, the heart and the small intestine. I'm missing one. Yes. The, the heart and the small intestine, the spleen and the stomach, the lung and the large intestine, the kidney and the bladder and the liver and the gallbladder. So any of these emotions that affect one will affect the other. What do you mean? So like with the spleen and the stomach, it being affected with worry, uh, when we're eating bad foods, um, the, uh, both the spleen and the stomach will be affected by that, that emotion of worry. And the challenge that I've always had is that joy, worry, grief, fear, and anger. There's, we obviously have so many more emotions to it. And that's why I included the, the chart. So you're able to see the whole range of emotions that can be correlated to those particular organs that can, that can affect both of them. Uh, and 
because the kidney and the bladder are water elements, the lung and the large intestine are metal. The, the spleen and the stomach are from earth. The heart and intestine deal with fire and the liver and the gallbladder deal with wood where the fire, you, um, the fire for the heart and the large intestine, this is where it gets um, a little bit more challenging because each of those elements, they, they cross connect and um, there's certain parts of the day that affect each of those organs. And the main thing to take away from the chart when you're looking at it, so it doesn't get too confusing is just recognize the particular um, link, the emotion to which organ it comes from and ask yourself if, did this emotion occur first or did, or am I, or am I a challenged by my environment or by the food that I'm taking in to this organ and it's creating the emotion? See if you have a propensity for anger. If you can do things that help to heal the liver uh, physically and see if the anger goes away or if you have sadness, do things that are great for the lung, like taking really deep breaths in, breaths in and see if the, the sadness dissipates. Or with shock, we haven't, we haven't talked about shock yet, but shock is, it scatters the chi. It's like, if you think of your chi as, this is just an, an example because this is not how chi is, but for shattering, if you think of you have a rock, and you, you knock it with a hammer and it, and it shatters or the kidney, how it has the adrenals sitting above it and it releases cortisol. Abigail, you know all about this, where when you get, when you get scared, like if I, if I take your arm while you're driving <laughs> and you said, I just have a, a quarter, a cortisol dump, it's the same thing. It like scattered, it scattered that energy out. Yeah. It makes my kidneys hurt. Mm-hmm. And it affects the kidneys. You guys have to expand on that. I did not understand that whole driving example. Meaning, <laughs> meaning I'll be driving and she'll see something out of the corner of her eye. And in order for her to alert the both of us, she'll grab my arm abruptly. And because I'm focused on the road, it'll catch me off guard. So fear will trigger my kidneys to produce cortisol so that I could react. And I could feel the cortisol shooting up through my bloodstream into my organs, which then I could feel it going down my arms into my fingertips. And then everything tingles as I almost pee on my pants. <laughs> the water. I was, so there's a, there's a, there's fear and there's shock in there. He's shocked that somebody grabbed his arm and he's, and he's fearful because somebody grabbed his arm. So, so yes, he almost pees his pants and his, and his cortisol spikes. So which one's shock? Which which one's shock? Is that same or different? Is it part of heart? Yep, heart um, heart is uh, shocked. Mm -hmm. Which which I could feel the palpitations and and I could see how the elements or the characteristics of each one of them could correlate to a certain degree. And to me, I'm seeing some correlations as well as what Hawking's has for the chart of consciousness in a weird way. But what I do like about this chart, which is a little different, 
is how everything is interconnected, how you have the positive and negative relating to that one. So I feel like in each pod, it has its own energy force. And I could see how we could spend, now I'm, I'm speaking esoteric, but I could see how we could spend a lifetime mastering one aspect and being deficient in others. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, that's what in traditional Chinese medicine, and that's what goes on in the text about being balanced. It's, it's about embracing all of the emotion. It's about embracing all of the emotion because emotions are part of living and being alive means to, to balance it all. It's not saying that one is good or one is bad. It's saying we need it all, but we just know, you know how to keep it in balance and let it flow through us and be a part of us and be a part of nature. I like the letting it flow through us because for the longest time I had this notion of holding in or stopping the flow of feeling something. And it's been through like a lot of experience and a lot of heartache and kidney ache and lung ache and spleen ache (laughs) (laughs) that I, I have, I've been practicing being present for the emotion as it, as it occurs. And the more present I become and the more I allow it to be there, the more I, I could have faith that it will dissipate just being there with it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's exactly what you're talking about, which is beautiful. Mm. Thank you. Yes. That's awesome. That's exactly it. Just allowing yourself, giving yourself grace to have the emotion because if, if all emotion deals with the liver, you can easily stagnate the liver. You can easily stagnate the body. So allowing it to flow, allowing it to be part of you allows it to, to come in and come out. It doesn't stagnate anything. Yeah. And that's why I feel like this is considered a very holistic approach to well-being, right? Because it views the body and the emotions as one whole. It doesn't isolate the body or the emotions or even like a body part. Like in Western medicine, like if there's something wrong with your heart, they look only at your heart rather than like, hey, what's going on with the entire body? And then stepping back and saying like, hey, what's going on with your emotions at the same Mm -hmm. time? And so, yeah, I mean, this is fascinating. And I know like the very first time I did acupuncture, I I was just amazed that just, you know, putting needles in certain parts of my body can have such, such a reaction and such a profound impact on my entire body, not just those mm-hmm. parts which had the needles. So, yeah, I found that very fascinating. And I have been fascinated with uh, Chinese medicine ever since. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm biased. This is all I ever loved. And uh, I find I find religion in health. I find God in health because I recognize this beautiful vessel that he's given to us that we put our soul in and each and every time. And I, I know from seeing hands doing hands-on healing for over two decades now, the power that we have, the ability that we have to heal with just the instrument that we are working with, with our words, with what we put into our mouth, with, with how we move our body, with how we express ourselves. And it's, it's beautiful. And so every day when I'm working on people, I, it's like, I'm, I'm going to church. It's like, I get to talk to God and I, and I work on 
I work on helping others understand just how amazing the body is. I can't thank you enough for enlightening us today with uh, the traditional Chinese medicine and how it affects our emotions and our organs and our body as a whole. Uh, we appreciate you so much and all the work that you do. Dr. Brooke Higgins, thank you so My much pleasure. for being at the Emotional Compass. Thank you. I loved it. So much fun. Bravo to you guys. And if you guys love this episode, please share it. Rate, review, subscribe, and definitely check out uh, the, the beautiful diagram that uh, Dr. Brooke Higgins has put together for us. I'm going to put that as a download link in the show notes. And if you love this episode, write to us. Our DMs are open. You can go to theemotionalcompass.com and write to us there. Or just email us, hello at theemotionalcompass.com. Thank you so much. Until next time.